Welcome to season four of My Study Journey. In previous seasons, we've heard inspiring stories from international students who have studied here at TAFE Queensland. In this eight-part podcast, we'll hear from our amazing teachers and industry partners who give us an insight into what the courses and working in industry is really like. This is Industry Insights. Today we have Sean, who is the business manager for TAFE Queensland Skills Tech Automotive Study Area. Sean has 27 years of experience in the automotive industry and 15 years of teaching experience for Automotive Study Area. So thank you very much for coming on and I'm really excited to hear about everything auto. So my name is Sean O'Sullivan. I'm the business manager at Automotive at Acacia Ridge for TAFE Queensland Skills Tech. Part of my responsibility is I manage the delivery for automotive trades for Acacia Ridge and metro areas. Plus we have national contracts with Toyota and Nissan and we also run international programs and do FIFA service delivery across 12 different qualifications. What does FIFA service mean? So FIFA service is where we would have a customer from the outside that would potentially have some sort of formal training or potentially wanting to get into training um, where there's no funding available. As part of that, we try and organise a suitable pricing that allows them to come in and do training to upskill themselves or gain further knowledge to advance themselves out in the industry. With TAFE Queensland being so big and offering so many different qualifications, we can move someone within a qualification potentially to a different area and they don't lose that much time. Mm. So we've got options and we've got people around that can support them. So, you know, guidance counsellors through employment solutions offices. So... I think we get a little bit more of an opportunity to support students than some organisations. So talking about the program itself, what does TAFE Queensland offer in the automotive study area? So across the automotive area um, for TAFE Queensland, we do 33 different automotive qualifications across all of our campuses in Queensland. The best thing in the skill stack is we've got the best facilities. We, we can actually do the practical stuff, the real stuff in the workshop and it's gonna make us too easy to get a job. For Acacia Ridge, our predominant qualification is light vehicle, so uh, 30616 or 30620 light vehicle, auto electrical. What defines light vehicle? So light vehicle goes up to about three and a half tonne. So it goes on the capacity and the size of the vehicle. So most passenger vehicles, commercial light commercial vehicles is classified as uh, a light vehicle application. As soon as you go above that light vehicle, it goes into the heavy commercial mobile plant. So yeah. that goes into more road transport, articulated trucks, heavy trucks, mining equipment, fixed plant. So there's multiple qualifications to cater across the automotive industry, but your normal day-to-day drive car is what we'd be talking about. So the light vehicle qualification, 36 units, We would normally see apprentices in that time for about 18 weeks over that period of four years within their contract. We also offer that as an international program. It's combined with the CERT-4 program. The CERT-4 is a CERT-4 mechanical diagnosis. So we do the 36 units of the CERT-3 and then we do 10 units of the CERT-4. Within those 10 units of the CERT-4, we do um, some performance testing. So they get to use dynos, mapping out fuel systems. And then as well as advanced diagnostic skills and hybrid and BEV training as well. So, When you say they can use dynos, what does that mean? So there's a piece of equipment that we've got downstairs. It's a four-wheel chassis dyno as well as an engine dyno. 
So you can actually stick a car on it, strap it down, and you can drive the car on the dyno and it gives you a power and a torque calculated output for the vehicle. And you can do different testing. You can do speed tests, you can do um, power runs. So we use it not just for dyno testing, we use it for diagnosis for most of our other subjects. And then with the engine dyno, they actually have an engine engine strapped onto the dyno and they do the same sort of thing, but they can do fuel mapping and control what the vehicle's able to do and output. Sounds impressive. It is, makes lots of noise. And um, <laughs> it's normally how we get all the students to sort of pay attention, so. What are the course outcomes? What can people be? Whether we do it through an apprenticeship or through an international program, basically you become a qualified tradesman in the automotive industry service diagnosis and repair out in the uh, automotive industry and that can range depending upon what your employer is doing the scope of work they're doing you can start your own business you can run a mobile roadworthy business you could be just working for a dealership that does change and it changes over time with the types of vehicles that we're seeing and also what the fluctuation in uh, repairs are within the industry as well so there may be stages where you just do a lot of repair work on certain vehicles, there may be lots of service work, but it is an industry that's not gonna go away. If you wanna do it, well, I almost guarantee that you have a chance of being successful in what you're trying to do. Everyone's got a car, everyone drives around, there's always transport. The one big thing that we see in our industry is the emerging technology that's changing. We are seeing a lot more hybrid and electric vehicles coming through, even discussions now on hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. So while we still work on four wheels and four doors or two doors, the engine design and configuration is changing. Technology is emerging, our emission standards are getting stricter, so the technology and the work that we have to do and the knowledge that we have to have has definitely changed in the last 30 years. The battery electric vehicle and hybrid market is definitely changing, 25% increase in vehicle sales within that sort of area which means that we've, we're looking at how do we train the future technicians that way. And we don't call them mechanics anymore, we call them technicians. Production of electric vehicles in Australia is revving up with the expansion of a manufacturing plant and the creation of dozens of jobs. Um, so students that are good on computers, maths, English and science is nearly a must now instead of being, you could fail school and get through. And that's that perception of the technology that we're working on. The knowledge has to be a little bit more substantiated before they come in. You know, they can jump on a computer and remap a ECU in a car. So that technology is changing compared to what it, what it used to be. We're looking at air conditioning with restricted licenses. So now you've got to apply for licensing that way. Somewhere down the line, potentially hybrid and battery electric vehicles may become the same way and potentially even moving in the hydrogen fuel cells. The technology that's coming through is coming through so fast that we're having to adapt our training pretty quickly to try mm -hmm. and cater for that. The one thing that we can say from a, from a business point of view and an educational point of view is for hybrid, we've been training for the last year, nine years for hybrid. Yeah. So we've been trying to set apprentices up that have come through our program for the last nine years to be ready for this, whatever's here now. Yeah, right. So we're now seeing a greater increase in the volume of sales, which means how often they're going to see them out in the workplace is becoming more often. So we're going to have to start adapting we build a program where a light vehicle um, can then transition into an auto electrical qualification and most tradesmen in the environment in the industry at the moment would most of the time be a dual trade so there'll be a light vehicle auto electrical trained specialist yeah because it is the type of knowledge there's a the advanced diagnosis work that they're doing is becoming more complex 
So they need to have that knowledge and skills to be able to do it. So with all of that training, I'm assuming that you would probably have to do some training to keep up with all the changes that are happening. Yeah, so all of our teachers, they get industry release, they do professional development every year, they have access to subscriptions to Autodata, Automate, so there's online videos, some of the teachers have got HPM, so it's a performance management platform, so they can go online and they can get quizzed and assessed outside, but industry release, new model training that comes up, having relationships with Nissan and Toyota is probably a really big one, so... We also have LDV. LDV have come in and done technical training. The teachers sit in on that technical training as well. So our relationships with the industry are critical for us to maintain our currency with our teachers. And that allows us to pass that knowledge on to the students. At the moment, the industry is, you know, booming. So in automotive, we do an industry release. So they normally do a week a year Mm -hmm. where they go out to industry and they just work with industry to get that technical currency. Yeah. and when you're looking at what's there, they can, most guys will be doing stuff at home every weekend, mm-hmm. um, you know, still play with cars myself. So, you know, it's maintaining that currency by doing, still doing the work. You've still got the hand skills. Across the um, state, there's guys that run their own workshops. So mm-hmm. they're still having a business running and they're being interactive in the business so they understand what's going on in the industry. And that's probably the big thing is our relationship with our clients also with industry to make sure we get the best knowledge so we can then provide the best knowledge to our students. Can you explain to me the differences in the courses, so timeline of how long they have to study for and like how many days they'd be coming in? The international students, when they come in, we go through the same training. We do the same training plan as our domestic students, so there's no difference in the outcome. But what we're trying to do is build them to be industry ready, not expect them to already have those industry skills and knowledge. So when we do our programs, we do a local induction, you know, before we start class and we lay the ground rules down saying that they've got to work hard. We get students just to walk that are walking past to come in and explain to the students what it's actually like. Yeah. I feel quite comfortable in any student telling a new group of students what it's going to be like what the expectations are on us and on them to make sure that at the end of the day, we're both getting what we want. I put someone out there that has a TAFE Queensland qualification that's at an appropriate level and the student getting what they're paying for. I love the course. That's the best thing happened to me, I guess. How many days a week does a student come in and study? If you're an international student at Acacia Ridge, we do a two and a half day. So Monday, Tuesday, eight till 4.45 and then Wednesday 8 till 12, and then the other end of the week would be 12.45 till 4.45 on Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday all day. So it allows a fairly flexible opportunity for students to attend if they've got work commitments, family commitments. We've got some students that have got kids that go to daycare, so we try and program that. So when they're at daycare, they're at training, so we're not having to have them, you know, looking after kids at the same time while they're attending training. But that's worked out at a campus level for us. And that's part of the thing for me is just trying to build that relationship with the students to make sure we're looking after them and they feel comfortable coming up and having the conversation saying, look, I've got some stuff going on at home. The teachers are very much the same as that. So we're trying to provide that supportive family environment for them. It is about that relationship with the student to make sure they get the best outcome and we get the best out of them. There's different varieties of areas that you could move into post-qualification steering and suspension specialist you could be an engine specialist you know dynoing so 
there's little niche markets after your qualification that you could potentially get into. So when I think of automotive, I don't have too much experience in it, but I think like how fun it would be to work on like Formula One and you know, the guys when the cars come in and they're all doing the zip, 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 zip thing. I'm assuming that that's probably the more glamorous side of the automotive industry. Is it tricky to get a role like that? From what I know, it's who you know and right. how you get the right contacts. We've got a relationship with Viva and we've been down to DJI Penske. From what I know, there's two teams and it's like a, like a uh, one team's on the field and the other team are upstairs training to get on the field. So if someone's sick, they replace. So it's a very, very competitive market. Yeah, right. um, while it is very prestigious, the work's still mechanical yeah. and you've got a job to get done within that time frame. So it's a very much a competition. And when it comes down to some of these races are hundreds of a second between first and second, mm. it's very, very competitive. So how you do your job has to be very precise. You know, you yeah. get to travel around Australia, potentially around the world and do those sorts of things. But if you're a good tech and you can sell yourself the right way, yeah, it's always an opportunity. What's the ratio between the theory and the practical? It depends on the unit. So some units we could have 75% theory, 25% practical. Other units could be 50-50, 25-75. How the students take it in and how the teacher adapts to those students, you can deliver the same class five days in a row and every single class will be different. Mm. So that's the things that the teachers work on in their um, professional development to try and make sure that they put the best teaching practice forward for the students they've got at that time you know, the teachers have all got a platform and they've got a lesson plan on how they're meant to deliver it. But if a certain cohort of students are sitting there and they're not taking it in the same way as another group, they'll take them downstairs and they'll do more practice and theory. The next group might be more academic, so they like the theory. So that adjustments and the adjustments that a teacher makes is critical to the way that we deliver and also how the outcome is achieved by the students. Because not every student in every class will be exactly the same. So it's a bit of a hard one because I could say 50-50 every single time and then tomorrow it'll be 75-25. And that's why the teachers get a lot of time to do professional learning practices. So they're, you know, webinars on how to do flipped classrooms so you can do theory and practice in a different way. It's the changes in teaching practices, which when we start delivering, it's again that click moment. Mm. You'll see students take it and they'll go, all right, this is how we can do it the next time. So the adaptions the teachers make will get you the outcome. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to invest in in the teachers as well, making sure that they know how they can handle different cohorts of students. Have you got any advice for future students? If you put your mind to it, you'll achieve it. Nothing in this world is free. You have to put some sort of effort in. It might take a long time, but in the end you'll get there if you really, really want it. So don't ever give up. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today, Sean. It's been amazing getting a bit of an insight into the industry as well as the course itself. Um, so thanks for coming on. Thank you. Now we're going to speak to Joanne, who has worked in the automotive industry for 24 years and looked after the apprentices for 17 years at the Toyota dealership, the Skyfleet dealership. Joanne has a wealth of knowledge, not only of how the industry works, but also what's involved in all of the training. So thank you so much for coming on. And I'm really excited to hear about the automotive industry. My name is Joanne Marshall, and I am the apprenticeship coordinator here for Skyfleet Motors. 
Skyfleet Motors is owned by the Skyfleet family. So we are actually a Toyota franchise. So Skyfleet own the Toyota franchise dealership here in our, what we call PMA, primary marketing area. So they own dealerships. They own Toyota dealers in Brisbane at Turinga, Kedron and Brendale. They own the Lexus dealerships from Maroochydore down to Southport. And we also have Hino here in Brisbane as well. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. When you say dealership, it's not only selling cars, it's also fixing cars, Correct. So it's sales and service. Yeah, right. And how many people are working at this particular one around about? Oh, we'd have a couple of hundred here between sales and service. We've got 600 staff in southeast Queensland. So on a day-to-day general basis, what do you do? My role basically is to liaise between the RTOs, government bodies, as well as our service managers and apprentices. So I help the service managers and apprentices just day-to-day making sure that they have everything they need in order for the apprentices to complete their training. What does working in the automotive industry mean? What are the jobs that people get when they go into the automotive industry? So I guess the industry in itself, most people would just think salespeople and service people. But I guess from a dealership land, we have every type of position that you could think of that exists in any normal business. So from accountants, you know, to marketing, HR, our service technicians and salespeople. So a lot of our staff have started off as technicians, to be honest, or apprentices and have worked their way up into the various roles. It's a very good skill to have or base knowledge to have if you want to stay in this industry long term. How would you get into working in a dealership or being a technician? Okay, we like to employ from the ground up. So we like to employ apprentices and then train them to be technicians in the hope that they stay long-term as technicians. We have over 85 people that have been within our organisation for over 20 years. So they're currently still here. So yeah, we like to train them as apprentices and then they can choose to stay as technicians or they can then go on to further roles within the business if they so choose. When you talk about an apprenticeship, What is an apprenticeship? How does that all work? Okay, so it's a four-year contract, basically, that they undertake between the government, ourselves, and a training organisation. So we send them off to training and we teach them skills within the workplace for four years. And, yeah, I guess it's like a bit like a university course, but it's in the workplace. So they're learning those skills here and at TAFE. It's a lot more hands-on-y. Very much so. So they actually go out to what we refer to as the Toyota Institute, which is actually TAFE R, the RTO, and they go for anything from three to five days at a time. They might do that five times a year. And then most of their training takes place in our workshops under the supervision of what we refer to as mentors. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's a very hands-on apprenticeship, this one. Yeah. They are able to get all of their training done in just over three years. So they can shortcut that apprenticeship if their skills and competencies, you know, are up to date and they can get those signed off. What personality traits would you think would suit someone wanting to get into the automotive industry most? Well, they have to be passionate about vehicles. 
good team members. They need to just sort of understand that there's a lot of work getting pumped through those those workshops on a daily basis. So if they don't pick up their part of the teamwork, you know, the team doesn't succeed. So they have to be team players, have to be easy to teach yep. and really take direction. Maths and science is very important. They need to actually have those skills before they leave school. Hands-on skills, definitely. The want to actually solve a problem, problem solvers yeah. these days, more so than, you know, the industry has changed in that sense. It used to, the fixing of vehicles was not necessarily a complicated process. These yeah. days it is. There's a lot of computers in our vehicles. You know, a standard modern day vehicle can have 50 computers in it. So it's not necessarily just changing out oil and carbies and starter motors anymore. It's a much more complicated process. So problem solving is definitely a skill. With technicians in particular, it's really easy for these guys and girls to progress within the business. So a lot of them don't stay as technicians. They become, you know, our front of house service advisors, our service managers. We've even had a general manager that started off as an apprentice technician. You know, there's opportunities for these guys to go out to the mines, um, go Australia-wide, wherever that wants to take them. It's a really good qualification to have. You know, it can take them overseas. It's a it's a global, yeah, globally recognised qualification. Wow. Yeah, I never actually thought about going out to the mines because people... Oh, it's huge. Yeah, and they, yeah. The, the pay skyrockets when you go to Correct. the Correct, yes. It's very hard to compete against the mines. Yeah. Well, for a start, there are jobs galore and soon there'll be thousands more. What is working in a mechanic workshop like? It is busy. The feedback I get from the first years about six months in is it's definitely more full on than what they anticipated. We service hundreds of vehicles out of this workshop. Good teamwork and mateship though, they build some really good friendships. Can you tell me a little bit about the Toyota program that you have here? Oh, it's great. So I, hand on heart, I'm going to tell you it's one of the best in the industry, if not the best. So it's such an up-to-date program they are learning on the latest technology the resources that we have through Queensland TAFE and Toyota are exceptional the teachers are amazing they really do care about the students they go out to the institute or to TAFE Queensland about five times a year for three to five days and we have mentors on our workshop floor that are trained in the Toyota program, very specific to what the program involves and the competencies involved and how Toyota wants these students trained. So they come out very good technicians. They program the units within the qualifications very much in what is happening within the industry today. So keeping up to date with all the hybrid, like hybrid vehicles are within the certificate now and the electrical componentry is very up to date. They're getting taught at TAFE exactly what they need to learn to fix the cars in the workshop. The TAFE teachers give us feedback after every single unit that the guys do out there. So we get basically what I call report cards back after each time they've been out there. So we know exactly how they're going at the RTO as well. 
So the feedback and the communication between TAFE Queensland and the employers, I think, is exceptional. So do majority or if not all of your students in the other courses as well go to TAFE Queensland too? Yes. I actually did get their position because I had the degree at TAFE. Do you see many females in industry? Oh, it's getting better. We currently have three female apprentices and I love seeing that. We're very open and welcome females in our workshops. It's great. You know, the world's changing for females. The doors are opening as far as mindsets are concerned. You know, we aren't being told we can't do things or shouldn't be told. And I think a lot of women and young girls are saying, if that's what I want to do, I'll just go and do it. Ten years ago, to have a female in the workplace as far as in a workshop was very rare. Mm. Just think women are more willing to do exactly what they're interested in now. And do you think that workshops are more like the the guys in the workshop? It's not so much a um, bro kind of place. It's like a bit more accepting. Absolutely. You know, our workplaces are much more politically correct than what they were 20 years ago. Mm. So IR laws are in place. So our workshops are definitely a cleaner place as far as that was concerned. But I think everyone loves seeing the girls in the workshop. They're a part of the team. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Downstairs here at Kedron, we've got a first year apprentice that is a mum of two and we've put her on part-time so she's three days a week wow yeah that's so cool yeah it's great so it's flexible for all that kind of stuff she's our first yeah uh, the first that we've done that for she's great so we wanted to accommodate her needs that's yeah. really cool that's yeah. awesome get involved with those committees or get involved with those groups that are working to get more women in the industry do you find that the students that come from TAFE Queensland are well educated in what they're working on at that time absolutely The students that come back from training at TAFE Queensland, they have relevant skills, so they are applicable straight away within our workshop and they love it out there. So they come back and actually talk about their trainers. So the trainers seem to relate to the guys on a very personal level and they build up a really good rapport with the students. So they all look forward to going out there. Yeah, it's great. What's next for the industry in five to ten years? Oh, my God, who knows? When you think about the industry five to ten years ago, technology has come so far. So obviously our industry, you know, electric vehicles, hybrid, petrol, electric, hydrogen fuel cell, you know, it's all going down that path. That's a very exciting Our technicians are going to be forever learning to try to keep up with this technology. I wouldn't want to guess where this industry is in five to ten years. We're going to have driverless cars, aren't we? Yeah. So, you know, it's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this story and want to explore studying at TAFE Queensland, visit us at tafequeensland.edu.au. Click on the international tab at the top of the page. That's T-A-F-E-Q-L-D dot E-D-U dot A-U.